Welcome to Pure Some Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 189, a yeah. Q&A episode. Yeah, I'm so excited for this episode because we love episodes where we get to interact. We love our live episodes when we have, you know, live questions coming in. Uh, but this episode, we have questions that we're answering from people who've sent them in through Instagram or Facebook or emailed us. And so we're really excited to answer these questions. And uh, hopefully, you know, I haven't even looked at them yet. Orlando is like the one that... Is- Should I read my disclaimer that we always read? <laughs> the disclaimer, but appreciate our questions. Please know we will share what we know and refer when we don't. There's so many ways to do things and so many out there that no more. Our hope is that we are able to help many of you find those answers or at least get started. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like saying like, we are not doctors. <laughs> no, it is this is not medical advice. Well, that you this is say. all based on our experience. And that's the thing with reselling. You know, we've talked about this since episode one. A couple of things. One, things that we talk about now may not be relevant when we get to episode 503. It's true. Right? 503. Some of them will. Principles will. Yes. Now, like specific practical things, those things change all the time. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's even one of the reasons we do like the level up reviews, right? It's because we're looking at like big long-term principles, as well as a lot of these questions I'm sure are going to be specifics on things that will help you like in the here and now practical things that you can do right now in Q4 of 2020, uh, knowing that things might change. Uh, so yeah, we're really excited about this episode and you know, Pure Wait, I have one more. Oh, do it. I'm going to interrupt them. It's this typical episode, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, okay. You guys can, uh, you guys can, if you're keeping a counter at home, just put a, a mark on the board for no, listen, but I think it's important to note that you know, where did that saying come from? There's there's different ways to skin a cat. There's so many ways to skin. Where did that come from? Um, I don't know. That That's idiom. Bizarre, for sure. But you've heard that idiom, oh, right? Yeah, okay. Course. Well, anyways, I'm just throwing that out there that there's many ways to do reselling, right? And so we may not be the ultimate authority. You may know better. So let us know in the comments if there's something you're like, you know, Mike and Orlando, I appreciate the info you shared, but this is probably a better option because we're all learning together. So that's our hope. Now, as we partner together, right, as we're learning together, there's something new that we have going on here. Yeah. So Pearsal Podcast is going to try something new here for a little bit and see how it goes. Uh, so we have from day one have, you know, told you that our content is going to be free. Uh, we're uh, not we're not fans of trying to like uh, do the, the the bait and switch where it's like, here, we're going to give you like a, a little bit of information. And then if you want the real information, you got to come pay for it. You know, we're not, we're not fans of that. No paywalls. Yeah. But we also at the same time, um, recognize that, you know, this takes a lot of time on our end and we have such an amazing community that has grown, um, and, and that continues to share with us and we share with you. Uh, and, and this community has been such an amazing thing. And we have people who've, you know, on super chats on, on YouTube have, have, you know, given us some money and said like, Hey, we want to help uh, Pierce podcast, keep doing what it's doing. And, you know, that has been super helpful for us, especially because right now we're going through uh, a phase where the sponsorships that we had with like Anchor and Spotify uh, are currently not there. And so it really cuts into what we do with PSL Podcast. And we want to make sure that we're providing uh, the best content that we can, that we're doing the research, that we're putting as much much time into this as we can so that you're getting the best of us, that you're not just getting, you know, little bits here and there. Uh, but that being said, uh, we're we're kind of going to ask for your partnership because already the Pierosa podcast community has, I think, probably the best reselling community there is uh, because it's got such incredible people. Uh, so we're asking if you'd be willing to partner with us. Uh, and 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 we've got a new thing we're going to be doing. It's called Buy Me a Coffee, right? Yeah, it's just for the cost, the cost of a cup of coffee. I feel like we should be playing like uh, Sarah McLaughlin right now. And oh, no, 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 no. So um, that that's we're what we're basically saying is, hey, we want to allow a, a way for you guys to partner with us, to partner with Pierce Podcast, and say, um, you know, help us to keep doing what we're doing, and then um, not hide any of our stuff behind a paywall, right? We don't want to make it where, hey, if you want the real content, you got to pay. Uh, but we know that several of you have reached out and said like, hey, we love what you're doing. How can we support you? And so we've set this up as a, as a way that you can do that. So uh, with the Buy Me a Coffee, it's I think it's a $5 a month you know, subscription where you're basically saying, you know what? I want to partner. I want to be a Pure Hustle partner and and just kind of help keep Pure Hustle Podcast on the radio, on the YouTube, on the, on the YouTube machine, uh, you know, so on the airwaves, that's right. Coming into your ear sockets, Drums. your ear holes. No, <laughs> um, but 
this we're not we don't have anything we're saying like hey we're gonna do x y and z if you pay and then if you get up to this tier then you'll get you know more we're just saying hey if you want to partner with us if you appreciate what we're doing it'd be very helpful um if if you would be willing to buy us coffee right so we've got a link down in the description on the youtube and on the podcast where you can go to uh to and it's really up. easy so you can either go to the link below on the youtube or you can go to our bio in our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. It'll be at the very top. It'll be, you know, buy us a coffee and you just click on it. Or if you just want to go on the web, it's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. And you just go through that link. And on there, there'll be two options. We hope that you'll be able to membership with us and just do that $5 a month. Or you can do, you know, buy us a few coffees at a time, whatever works best for you. But the goal is we want to partner with you guys and continue providing this content 100% free. Yeah. And you guys know how Pure Hustle Podcast is. We've always gotten new things in the uh, in the work. So um, if this is successful and we realize, hey, we've got a lot of people who've partnered with us, um, we're always going to want to provide more and do more content. You mean level ways. up? That's right. We will find ways to um, to say thank you. And so um, we can't say like, hey, like if you do this, you'll get this. But we do want to say if you partner with us, one, we appreciate it. It's going to help keep us on on the airways. And two, um, you know, down the road, if this is successful, it will open up the opportunity for us to create more content and provide more things for you. Uh, so we really, really appreciate that. All right. So with all that being said, make yeah. sure to go buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Yeah. But it's time for us to start this episode. Let's answer some questions. We have a lot of them. We have two pages. Well, it's not two full oh pages. Oh my goodness. This might but be it, a part but one, it's, part two. It's like size eight font or something. So uh, this might be two parts. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, and, and just before you even hear any of our questions, write your question down below in the comments. So maybe Whoa. we'll get to it. And if we don't get to your question, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if we don't get to your question, you know, we love to interact on, uh, on YouTube or, uh, you know, through other means. So ask your question below and see if it's one of the ones we answer. All right. So the first one, I think we've talked about a lot and actually we'll, we'll point you guys to some episodes if we can, because, you know, we may not be able to fully in depth answer one, but we have an episode that will take care of all of it. So the first one was, is this a true Q4? Kind of feels like it's been Q4 since March. What has been our answer since then? Yeah. I mean, so here's what I'm going to say. Reselling is a lot of people have had to shift and kind of change. And we've recognized that from the most part, from what we've been hearing from people is sales have been up pretty much across the board, no matter what you know market you're selling in. Sales have been up online. Online shopping is up. And so it's kind of felt like Q4 all year long. The sales, the velocity, it's just been it's been great. Now, it's been more difficult for some people to, to source, but at least the sales are there. Now, what my caveat on this question or the answer for this question would be, we can't know the future. I mean, we've seen... So far this year, things that just, it seems like every week something new, it's like, who would have saw that coming? Isn't right? that like, crazy? It's just been bizarre. And so I would say, treat the moment we're in the best you can. So this week, this month, this day, sales are up. If I'm listing, things are selling, I'm going to treat it that way. Now, can we say for sure, like, hey, come December, sales are going to be even higher than they are now? We don't know that. But all we can do is, is based off the information we have now, make the best decision, which I think no matter what time of the year it is, is going to be source, list, sell. If you can do those things, I think you're going to be successful. And who knows what's going to happen November, December, uh, January, we don't know. But so it's hard to say like, it's going to keep getting better, but you can only go off what we know now, which is sales are high now. So you should be working and treating it like they're going to get higher uh, because it seems like they might. So I have a little bit to add to that. So I, actually, somebody had asked me a question via the DMs on Instagram about, you know, July was really good, but it seems that September dropped off. Mm -hmm. And they asked me if this is normal. And I said, well, actually, July being fire is not normal. Right. And usually there's that kind of a summer slowdown. And I've talked about before where I'm not sure there's a summer slowdown, but over on retail. Right. The data is there that, yes, retail does slow down. But at this point in time, right, the reason why September's cut off, that that is normal. Like usually there's a dip when there's back to school and then we get to right before the holiday shopping season where there's kind of a lull and then things just start picking up. I mean, today it's, it's what, October 3rd, right, when this drops? Yep. Okay. And I just sold this random Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, like complete Christmas set for like $100, yeah. right? Like out of nowhere. And I'm like... 
what like why but again it, it's showing me that hey things are slowly gonna start selling right and obviously christmas sells year round but it's gonna be at a greater velocity so <clears throat> with that all being said i've always discussed in the last few podcasts that i am planning for this to be the biggest q4 ever and again i as a full-time seller have no option right this is kind of i i need to prep this way because this is what i do right and if it doesn't work out and i don't make as much money well, I better make sure I have avenues, right, to <laughs> move inventory, which will be fine, right? It's all about why sourcing, right? Selling at the moment that you can. I and mean, we have, what, two or three episodes on Q4 this go around. And, I, and the reason we've already. emphasized already, the reason we've emphasized Q4 so much, because we really do believe that this is going to be different than any Q4 that has been around. So, no, it's not like the normal. It's actually better than a true Q4. And that's what I, we're anticipating cautiously, right? Because we don't know what's going on. It's always something new. And so just be aware of that. All right. I think we got that one. Yeah. Check. Right. check. So check our previous episodes. They're not too far back. They're in the in the 180s about Q4. 180s. Just so I can't wait till we're like, that's in episode two. 289. <laughs> so just wild. All right. Question two. Do you list your items yourselves or do you use VAs or employees? How many new listings do you add per day or per week? And All right. Well, so for me, uh, I don't use a VA, uh, but my wife and I work together. So we're like partners in this. Um, so I know some of you guys will be able to use that. And I, I highly suggest it if possible. And if you're a solo operation, you don't have somebody you can partner with. Um, it might be worthwhile getting an employee or if you're scaling, you definitely should be looking at getting an employee or potentially a VA for certain things. Uh, but to answer the question with like how many items per day, um, I think the sweet spot for me has been like five. And I know that that's low. I think like 15 is probably much better. 10 is obviously better than five. Uh, but I found that if I can do five as a part-time reseller, I'm getting consistent sales and my store is growing and kind of outpacing my sales, which is nice because then if there's a week where I don't list and that does happen as a part-time reseller, there's times where things come up and I don't get any listings done that week, but I still have consistent sales coming in. And then when I pick back up, then that velocity goes up even more. Uh, but five is like a pretty good sweet spot for me. Um, I'd like to be at 15 or 20. And I think that's where you should be if you want to be like full-time, but um, five has been really good for being a part-time. Yeah, and I've I've done all of these except the VA. The VAs, but you know the the tools I'll talk about are kind of like VAs. They're just not like VAs from another country. It's just a service that you pay that takes care of stuff. Now, I've had both, and I think if you want to scale, you have to enter into that realm. Um, right now, I haven't had to because I've just been in this place where I don't know what what it is, but I have found time to list just as quickly. Now, could I scale a lot faster? I could have, but because of COVID, I slowed that down. I've talked about in Q4, as we get into it more, I'm probably going to go back to hiring an employee, but this is what I'm going to do with my employee. If I go down the road of my employee, I may, no, did I say employee? Yeah. I meant helper. Not if I go helper. down the road with my helper, you know, I may use tools such as Cellhound, right? Cellhound is a great tool because Cellhound, the, what you can do is you take all the pictures, you send them, you can do a quick upload to Cellhound. And what they'll do is they'll make the listings and they make actual great listings. And I'm not just saying that because we have a link and all this with Cellhound. Like I've used it. I know people that right now are consistently using it and they're scaling really fast because they only have to worry about the picture. It's all what causes you to slow down, right? That's what you want to take care of, right? If it, for me, it's the pictures and the clothing measurements because I do a lot of clothing. I'd rather have a helper do that than me do that because listings, I, I can chill with listings. I throw on a movie. I, I you know, I put on a podcast. I, what, I listen to Audible and I, I can list all day. Right. But it's the pictures that I get caught up on. Mm. Right. So you got to find what works for you as far as listing every day. As a full time ideal for me, it's it's around 15 to 25. 15 to 25. But again, I'm not a million dollar seller, right? I know some people that gross make close to a million and they at the least have like 70 a day. Yeah. Right. That, but that's, that's next level. They have, they have employees. They don't have helpers. They have employees. Yeah. Right. And they take care of all that for them on the low end. I do about five sometimes right now. I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to at least hit the 15 every day. But if you do that, 
you have consistent sales. Now, it's going to cause a predicament for you because eventually your sales are going to outpace your listings. But that's a good problem to have. I mean, we know some people we've had on the podcast, like Cindy from Amazing Taste Store, who she sells through everything in a month, right? Now, she switched her model a little bit. She's more on the Amazon side. But when she, her and her husband are running through eBay, like they are team no death pile. So got to find what works for you. Again, there's tools like Sellhound that work kind of like VAs. You could also find VAs. Yeah. You can find a helper nearby. You but something like Vindu to help you with cross-posting. Correct. I mean, whatever tools work for you, you just got to find that model that's appropriate to what you're trying to do. Yeah. And instead of a helper, um, this is just real quick. I'm going to say, because I, I, I don't like that term at all, because um, I would hate to be called a helper. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's like, you're, you're now my helper. Um, and I starting like a reseller union and here? I, and I get that like, you know, employee, you know, there, maybe there's tax reasons people don't want to say that, or maybe they feel like that that's condescending to call somebody an employee. So why don't you can, you can hire a team member. You can bring on a team member. What are you target? But, or but, excuse me, the retail store that shall not be named. So, so to me, helper is, is, is like the worst sounding, like, you know, b- build your team. I like that. Have an employee or build your team. Okay. All right. right. Let's go to question three. All right. So question three, this is a fun one. And there's kind of a two, there's two people that had similar questions. It was, what is your biggest grail? Either something you found or hoping to find. And similar question was, what's the coolest thing you found? So kind of the same. So I'll get started on this. I have two grails. I have a, I guess a professional, like a business one, which I'll share after. And then I have a personal one. So my personal one is, this is going to sound really cheesy. Have I shared the story about my starter jacket that was stolen from me? Mm-hmm. Have I? I'm going to share it one more time. Okay. So when I was a kid, I was in ninth grade, I believe, and I got a, a starter 49ers trench coat jacket. It was awesome. It said 49ers on Old English on one sleeve. It was huge. You know, it's kind of like, you know, 90s gangster kind of starter jacket. This is when like, you know, the Chicago Bulls hoodies were in, you know, it was during that time. And the sad thing about it is, I had it for one day and I was walking back from at some point, I think I was like, uh, we used to have PE like at a neighborhood park because our school, like I went to a small school and they didn't have the facilities. And for a reason, I decided to take my jacket with me and some guy that was really fast, I had it on my arm, ran by him, just just took it, like gone, like jumping fences, gone. That's why you have trust issues. Yeah, no, that's the beginning of my family of origin issues. Anyways, that's for another podcast. And then the next day, this guy was like in a halfway home. And so all the guys there were like, they knew that we were up there and was like mocking me and put my jacket like at the end of a pair of crutches. And I was like, like shoving it out the window and, and like making fun of me and making fun of my buddies. And then they came out to the playground. It was kind of like a sandlot moment, like. We got into a rumble out on the baseball field. It was crazy. The cops came and uh, eventually the cops raided that place. They arrested the guy, but my jacket was nowhere to be found. So I was spoiled as a kid. And then my parents bought me the same jacket again. But here's the sad part about it. I went to college and um, I came back from college and I never saw the jacket again. Never again. I have it on a safe search on my on my eBay and there is one right now, but it's a size medium. I'm not a medium kind of guy. And I've seen it at a thrift store before, like size small, but I want to, I need a 2XL of that. And I'm not asking, I'm not saying that for anybody to go, hey, Orlando, I'll hook you up. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just answering the question. So on a personal level. You want I, to find a 2XL of that one? 2XL starter trench coat 49ers jacket. For $5 at a garage sale. I would wear it on the podcast. It would look weird, but I'd wear it on the podcast. And see, Orlando is such a is such a, a a hustler when it comes to trying to get stuff at a garage sale. If somebody said they'd sell it to him for five bucks, he'd still say, "How about three? I, I would. It's true. <laughs> Actually, somebody today commented at a garage sale. They're like, "Hey, I'm surprised you didn't offer less." And I'm like, "You know, I'm surprised. I'm I'm shocked too. I think it's because sometimes you get thrown off when people just like today. There was a pair of boots and it was eight dollars. And I said, "Hey, would you be willing to work with me on the price?" And they're like, "How about four? And I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to argue that. So, all right, I'm, I'm going to pull up my professional one, but go ahead with your, your grills. Um, so for me, I was going to say like a board game, probably like Dark Tower or something, just because that would be oh, so nice. cool to find. But I, the more I think about it, what I've been looking for, and I, 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 every time I see books, like I don't, I'm not a bookseller, but I always quickly glance through the old books because I want to find an original, like 
OG New England primer. And it's huh. it's it's was used in schoolhouses um, for it was like the textbook. It taught kids how to read. It taught kids um, uh, letters. It was it was like the textbook for a long time. Uh, and they've made many copies and you can actually buy them for relatively um, inexpensive that are like newer reprints of them. But I want to find one that's like from the the 1700s. Like that would be like to just to find the New England um Primer would be, I don't know, it would just be really awesome. Every time I go to like uh, somebody's house, it's like a, like a grandma or a great grandma or something. I'm always like, can I look through your books? Do you happen to have? Because I know that that's what they did in school or or that, you know, their parents did in school. So, but I just haven't found one. Um, so that would be cool. And part of it is just because it's historical. And that leads me to really a, on, on a broader sense, I think it would be anything, anything that's like related to history. That's like actual authentic. Because I was watching a TikTok mm. the other day. <laughs> And imagine what you just said. I was watching yeah. a TikTok. I don't have. Yeah, I'm, it's funny, especially because I'm not a social media guy. But I, 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 my TikTok, my personal TikTok is not set up for reselling. Like I don't get reselling things. Uh, but for whatever reason, one reselling video popped up on mine. And it was somebody saying like they found the Holy Grail item. And they, I think I saw that one. Maybe, did you? And it was a box. And it looked like just like a camera box or something. And the, the guy was like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, no, no, wait till you see what's inside of it. And he opened it up. And inside was original film taken during the Pearl Harbor attack. And it Whoa, was like pictures of the intense. planes and the, the, and it was like the actual film that you could like hold up to the light and see the pictures that were taken. And so he bought this item and that was inside of it. And so to me, to be able to find something like that, like a piece of history um, that, you know, whether it's something that somebody knows and they're willing to get rid of for, you know, a price that I can afford or, I would imagine I would more likely get something like that if I did like an auction and I bought a tote and I just opened it up and it's like, I cannot believe what's in here. Like this is something from World War II or this is something from from the Civil War. Like to me, that would just be so cool to find a piece of history and then help get it back into the hands of, you know, museum or or people who could actually like appreciate and take care of it. Um, because, you know, that would be, I don't know, that would just be so awesome to do. I would I would not like find somebody in like, cheat them out of a piece of history that they have. Um, but I would love to find, like I said, like through an auction or something to buy a tote and open it up and just be like, I can't believe what's in here or buy a desk. And what's inside the drawer is like, what this is like world war one memorabilia. And it's authentic. Like that would be to me, like the moment of like reselling is amazing. See, it makes me sad that I'm, I'm the history guy. And I honestly, I, I don't want to find it. Mm. And, and the reason being is it sounds strange but I'd be so conflicted because mm. there'd be a part of me that would want to keep it. There'd be a part of me that would want to give it to a museum. And then there's a part of me that would want to resell it. Mm. And I don't know if I want to deal with that mental anguish of trying to figure out what to do. You could just give it to me and I'll figure it out. No. Cause I, I have found, I do have some historical items I found that I've, I've just kept and uh, they're not, they weren't valuable or anything, but if they were, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I'd, I'd, I'd struggle now. My my reselling one is, and, and I, I know it sounds silly, but you know it's funny. People are calling me the Harley guy on social, and I'm like, I'm not a Harley guy at all. Like I've just learned about Harley, and I just sell a lot of Harley because to me it's it's easy, it's easy. But ever since I've been reselling, I've always been looking for a 3D emblem Harley Davidson shirt, not just any. So 3D em emblem. This is the bolo. If you see anything that says 3D emblem, right? And usually you'll have like the year, like 1980 something. They are money. They're thin. They, you know, I've, I, well, this is what I've heard. I've never seen one in person. And the ones I want, and I would resell it. I wouldn't keep it. But are the ones that have like the big hogs on there, like, like <laughs> the animal hog, like on a motorcycle. Now, these used to be money. I remember these used to be close to a thousand. Prices have dipped. They're like three to four hundred now. But I've never, I mean, think about it. those of you that follow us on Instagram, how many times I go to garage sales, how many times I go to thrift stores and not once, even when I go, I have a couple like wholesale vintage locations I hit up even then never even seen one in person. And so it'd be nice. I mean, I have, you know, I have searches set up and everything, but I just, I just never have come across it in the wild, like ever. So that would be a grill item for me. I mean, it might be a little bit tough to let go because I'm not happy with the value. I remember when these were big money, I was like, wow, what if I could find, this is like the equivalent almost of finding a Levi's with the big E 
Right. I've never seen any of those ever. Have you ever seen anything like that? In, in no, I don't. I don't really look very much for them because um, it's just, I don't have the time. Yeah. I mean, but, you have to really look at every yeah. tag. But I mean, you know, it's it, it would be a grill item for me. So that's our grills. Nice. All right. Question four. This is this is interesting. I'm, I'm interested in what you say about this one. And by the way, this is going to be a two part episode. Oh, for sure. I, I, don't, I don't unless we make this a mega marathon, but no, I'm not sure we're going. No. We're, we're, we'll break this up so that we can do each question. Uh, Mike usually has coffee to like stay up. Mike has some kind of uh, you know soda beverage in there. Yeah, soda water. It's not Diet Mountain Dew though. No, I can't. The drink, the drink of champions. I've already been up too much. It's late at night. I got to get to bed tonight. I got to sleep, so uh, I can't. <laughs> no more caffeine. All right. So here's this question: Do you? Pre-package your items or pack it when it sells. Been experimenting with both, and it seems my shipping errors are usually underestimating occur when I don't pre-package. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't pre-package most things. There's a handful of things that either already come in boxes, which you know kind of is easier, I guess, to tell the dimensions. Um, or if something sells and it gets returned and it's already packaged, I'll open it up to check that everything's fine. And then I'll just keep it in that box unless it's a really big box. Uh, but what I would say is I kind of guesstimate when I do the shipping prices, uh, like if I know, for instance, I'm going to ship it through UPS or FedEx, um, or it's not going to like just go in a poly mailer. And so I, I'm going to guesstimate what I think it is for the the buyer to pay and then I'm just going to adjust what it really ends up being. So sometimes I might be a little bit off. I shouldn't really be off on weight that much. Uh, but I might be like, you know, I, I said this was going to go on a, a 12 by 8 by 6. And it, it's actually going to go on a, on a 8 by 8 by 12. I don't know, whatever it ends up being. Um, then I just suggest it when I'm actually printing the label. Um, usually the price difference isn't much. And oftentimes I'll do... Especially if it's FedEx or UPS, I, I'll I'll do fixed price for shipping, either free or you know I'll say twenty bucks, knowing that on average it's probably going to cost me twelve dollars to ship this. Some might cost me eight, some might cost me twenty one, and so overall I'm still going to come out okay, even if one or two I end up having to pay a little bit more. Um, so when I put in my dimensions, when I list an item, I'm not too concerned about if it's the actual box it's going to go in because I'm going to change that before I print the label. All right, so I have a two part answer to this one. So. I don't prepackage because of storage, mm -hmm. right? Because if you have a bunch of, even if you have a bunch of clothing and poly bags, that takes up a whole lot more of, of tote. So I put my clothing in totes unless it's a jacket. Anything you can fold ends up in a tote for me, right? So it's a, it's a storage issue. Also, I don't trust myself that I wouldn't pick up something by accident, no matter what number I have on it as mm -hmm. part of my inventory that I get scared I may ship out the wrong item, right? And, and the second part is you don't know how, well, I, I'm saying for myself, you don't know how a person wants a thing shipped. So I would hate to have everything all prepackaged and then the individual wants it express or the individual wants me to use a different carrier or they specifically, sometimes you get those messages like, can you make sure you bubble wrap in this? Now, usually I don't listen to them, but every once in a while I will do exactly what they say. So then... If something ever were to happen, I can say, hey, I followed your lead exactly. Now, that rarely happens because I usually pack far better than a buyer request. But th those are the reasons why I don't prepackage. Now, I do prepackage for two reasons. One, if it's just something that's obnoxious, like the other day I had a, uh, I think it was a mixer, a mixer I sold. And I knew it was going to take, no, it wasn't a mixer. It wasn't a mixer. It was a set of glasses. I don't know if you guys follow us on Instagram. I had these, by the way, I need a, okay. Okay. So the, let me explain how I failed on this. Can I just talk about this? Anyways, this is going to be a two part, two parter. So I, I bought a bunch of Welch's like vintage, like drink glasses. Mm -hmm. And in it, it was supposed to be 12. So this was like in my early days of reselling. So I, I took pictures of all of them and I prepackaged them and I prepackaged them because it was going to be a pain when they sold. But here's the problem. So I, you know, the person messaged me. I'm like, hey, can you make sure you take care of all these? I want to make sure they get to me. Okay. So I'm like, all right. And it was for a birthday. And actually, like, I, I packaged it all up and I sent them a picture. I'm like, hey, by the way, you may want to wrap this, LOL. Because I showed them, you know, my eBay, my eBay, you know, I love using eBay tape. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, thanks for letting me know. Ha ha. But then I started doing the math and I'm like, okay, there were 
five rows and my listing had 12 glasses. But if there's five rows that have five glasses, that's 25 glasses. That's not 12. I sent them all 25. So there's like 13 glasses that I never took a picture of. I, I, what I must have done is I must have, I must have taken like the best, taken a picture and said, I'll get to these later. And I prepackaged it. And instead, now it's a birthday present. So happy birthday. And, and, and everything's going to be good to you. Now, the other part too was in this prepackaging, here's what happened. Oh, it's still in transit. Oh, this is scaring me. Dude, I sent this FedEx. Look at that. September 29th was the last time I tracked. Where is this? Uh, so it's not just USPS, huh? No, this is FedEx. Now it's supposed yes. to arrive on Monday. Now here's the other part. I show this on Instagram, and the problem with pre-package, if you have like a storage unit or something, there's like rodents sometimes. Mm. And so somebody sent me uh, a shot of my Instagram video, and they said, "I think you have rat droppings in your items." Oh no! Now I already shipped this out. It's gone. So. If I had not prepackaged it, I probably would have put it in a different location. Probably wouldn't have, you know, it would have been obvious because it's glass. So it's prepackaged. There was all this stuffing in there. I didn't see it. So, yeah, the reason I pulled this up is because I told them, I said, hey, once it arrives, I'll get back to you and see what happens. So here's my, here's my hope. My hope is that it arrives and it wasn't what they thought. Because, you know, I was like, no, I think that's a piece of newspaper. Right. Who knows? Right. My hope is that it arrives. Look, they're going to be like, I can't believe there's mouse poop on this stuff. Hey, look, there's an extra, no. there's a whole bunch of extra glasses. I, I only bought 12 and they sent me 25. No. I'll take the rat no, poop. No, it's no. fine. I don't think there was any in there, though. I think it was just a piece of newspaper. Look, if I bought something, like if I bought, uh, just for example, if I, if stay I, stay tuned, I will share this in an update episode what happened. If I bought a used Nintendo Switch, right? I'm just using that because it's popular right now. Bought a used Nintendo Switch and it came to me and it was a little dirty, but they sent me two of them. I'd be like, all right, like, that's fine. Okay. Like, there but was, this is different. There was, there was some mouse poop inside of the box, but uh, they sent me two Nintendo Switches. So cool. Okay. Well, I, I hope this person's like, now, I don't think that it was. I think it was just a piece of newspaper. Like, I blew up the picture. I'm like, no, there's no way. That's the hard part. It's gone. Like, then what am I going to do? Stop the tracking on FedEx? Like, stop that package. Send it back. Like, there, there's there's no turning back. So, anyways, that's one of the reasons I don't prepackage. Uh, but the reason I do prepackage, like, those glasses, the reason I prepackage them was... The person bought it at 4.30 and I wanted to drop it off in time so I could ship it early. So I'm not pushed by deadlines. It's ready to go. All I had to do was slap a, a few more, you know, rolls of tape on there. <laughs> I had to say that jokingly. Slap the label and it was ready to go. The last reason I do prepackage is if it's something that's very expensive that I worry that, you know, it's going to get damaged in storage. So, for example, right now I have some Disney items that are worth a good amount of money. But I made sure I bubble wrap like there's no tomorrow. They're ready to go. And if anything were to happen, if they were to fall, they'd be just fine. So that's the other reason I prepackaged. So you got to find what works for you. There's advantages to both. I hope that helped you <laughs> somewhat. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, PureHustle25. 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on 
letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with List Perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. All right. Next question. Five, what do I need to know and include in my losing to, oh, what did I write it's here? probably listing. In my listing to do GSP. Oh, that's right. Somebody's asking how can they do eBay global shipping on their listings? And here, here's the thing. You would think that it would be a super easy solution and it kind of is, but here's the way I do it. If you want to get them all done, I just Google. So I, right now I'm going to do it live. I Google eBay global shipping. And then it'll take me to Google and I have some links. You go to the second link and it'll say global shipping program dash eBay. Don't go to the first link that is global shipping program with an I and then eBay. Go to the second link, which is global shipping program slash eBay, not slash dash eBay. And it's nice because it tells you, it gives you like a video about how to do it. And it shares, it says offer GSP in your listing, see how. So you click on it and it gives you a whole video tutorial tutorial and it'll take you through the whole process. Really easy. Right. I mean, I wish there was a way where you could like bulk edit. I think you could, but I would just go down this road. It'd just be a lot easier. Definitely turn on that GSP. Actually, I just had an item that ended up in Russia and the person does not want to give over their like tax paying information. They said that in this country it's not safe. So I was like, oh, but here's the thing. I don't have to stress. It's already there. It's not on me anymore. eBay's going to take care of it. So, so yeah, by the way, take Remember, if you do global shipping, negative feedback, according to their policy, will be removed. Any negative feedback. If an item gets stuck in customs or it breaks in shipping on transit over there, you're, you're covered. So you're good to go. I mean, and eBay for me has been a hundred percent great about this. I haven't had one single issue, but I know some, there are circumstances we've been DM'd about those. So, yeah. all right. I think it's time for our social media spiel. Let's do it. Already. Hey, if you haven't had the chance yet, to, wow, you're going to have to adjust that volume. You're blowing out people's eardrums over there. I try not to. I've learned my lesson after that YouTube. Yeah. All right. Hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and on TikTok. And by the way, if you're wondering how TikTok functions, not just a bunch of people dancing all the time. It's based on what you watch. It's kind of scary how good it is. Yeah, their their algorithm's pretty legit. Like seriously, if you're logged off and you scroll through it, it'll still track you. Right? So if you're watching, let's say you're big into politics and you like politics stuff, all it takes is a few swipes and it's gonna give you all political. If you're all about reselling and there, it's all going to be all about reselling finance, all about, and it's, there's some good stuff on there. I'm kind of surprised, but there is some good stuff on there. So on all three social platforms there, we are pure. So podcast on Twitter, we are pure hustle cast. You can always go to our YouTube and make sure to hit that subscribe button and that bell notification and be notified when things happen and give us a call. If you have questions you want us to answer on air with 
you giving us a phone call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. You could always shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you all for the reviews. Really appreciate the iTunes reviews. Uh, our next goal is to get up to 400. We're at like 338 right now. So great for that. Thank you all for purchasing shirts and just your support. As we said at the beginning of the podcast, if you'd like to partner with us, and have a membership as part of the podcast, $5 a month, just a cost of a coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle, or just go to the link below or go to the link in our bio on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And we're grateful for all your support. All right. <laughs> Those yes. I, I'm waiting for you to just put it on the soundboard. <laughs> like you're just not going to say, it. you're just going to look and it's going to say, but yeah. it's going to be a techno. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You still got the Korg up there. We need to bring that back. I do. Yeah. We do. It's been Just a while. Some voice modulation. How long have we had that cord? Is it still listen? No, I, I never. There's one of the keys I need to like clean the contact on. I just never took it apart and did it yet. I think it was meant to be. Maybe. Listen, let us know in the comments below. Those of you who have been listening to us since the days of the Korg, should we bring should it we back? Bring the vocal should, back? Should it be a consistent thing on the podcast is what I want to know. Yeah, but then what's <laughs> going to happen is we're going to turn into one of those podcasts, which it's okay. I, I, there's some I listen to that I like that just have all the soundboard effects, and it's like you know, boom, more cowbell, and boom, like a little little more little, little meme, you know, audio clip, and and you know, if, if that's what you guys want, let us know. I mean, we're flexible. We'll do what you guys want. All right. All right question six: Have you had to deal with any lost FBA shipments? Any tips on dealing if you have to? I never have. Okay, hold not on. even once. And that, the reason that, why is because I don't truth. sell on Amazon. That is very true. That is now, true. We had somebody on Facebook, one of our faithful followers that always comments, even though I take forever to get back to them. And they had a similar question because they lost a ton of packages. I think they lost like 25% of their income in a month because of lost packages. So they're asking, like, how do you deal with lost packages? And we've we've shared this before on the podcast. And the the here's the deal with with the shipments, any kind of shipment. So th- before it ever arrives to the individual, before the tracking ever shows delivered, it's on you. Okay. Once it does show delivered, it's on them. Now you don't have to play that hard and fast rule. You have options. So this is what I'll say. If you have anything that is worth above 50, always send a priority or send it, send it FedEx home delivery something that is insured, right? Because if it's lost, you're going to get that money back, right? If you send it first class, even I would say, even if it's at like $45, $46 and it's not something that you can like replenish, it's like a one of a kind, I would definitely make sure that you send it priority or send it insured somehow. Okay. Now, how do you do with it if it's lost? There's a couple, there's a couple angles, right? Obviously, if the responsibility is on you until it arrives, you have. I would always say number one: make sure you're checking. No, not always say it's eBay policy. I think it's it should be policy across the board. Always buy your labels on eBay. Always buy your labels on Amazon. Always, always, always. And I hate it on Amazon with Merchant Fulfilled because I don't have the option of a padded priority envelope. I don't even know why they don't have that option. It drives me crazy. Right. But they do have the flat rate envelope. So always buy your labels there because that'll give you an extra layer of protection. Second, right. Make sure you have a good relationship with your post office. Your post office. It's always funny because I always wonder if the post office has more information than I do in the tracking. But they do. Have you ever gone to the post office and asked them a question like, hey, do you know? Okay, so I've gone and they actually can tell me exactly where it's at, how long it's been at that location and, you know, where is it headed to? Right. Cause I've had a situation where I sent something to Boston and ended up in Guam. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, is this ever coming back to Boston? I'm like, oh, yeah, they had an issue and they, they realized that, you know, it's actually supposed to go back. So make sure you do that. Now, we, I, before I keep moving forward, I do have a couple episodes that would help you. Episode 91, we do talk about lost packages. So that could help you there if, if you're new to listening to the podcast. And there's another one. <laughs> I'll find that eventually. Here's the other thing. So you can go to your local branch, but let's say, let's say you go to your local branch, right? And there's no way to understand what's going on with your package. Then you can put in a claim and you can have them track it. Now you can't do the insurance claim on a lost package until 
it's officially lost. Like it's, it's been a while. It hasn't shown up. It's been a long time. Cause if you do it too soon, your claim is going to get rejected. And it's really easy. Just Google USPS file a claim and you can file a claim on there. It's really, really streamlined, really easy. Now let's say it arrives there and the person's like, I didn't get it. Okay. So it all depends on what platform. If you're on, if you're on Amazon, I'm just going to be frank with you. You may be out of luck. Like Amazon says, hey, if the tracking's there, you're going to be fine. But I've had it where Amazon has not backed me. They, the individual filed an A to Z claim, claimed that they didn't get it. The carrier shows that they got it. And then I had to battle that. I had to appeal that with Amazon. And I'm still in the appeal process and it's been four months. Now, if it's USPS, a couple of things you can do. You can message the buyer and say, hey, can you contact you know, your local branch? Because they would have a better idea. Sometimes they don't want to do that. Sometimes they, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, I'd rather have you do it. It's up to you what you do. Right. But what's happening lately, this is what's been going on with FedEx, UPS, and USPS is I don't know why, but people delivering stuff have been showing tracking that it's arrived. And literally it's not there. It's happened to me too. Like it says arrived, like on my Amazon and it's nowhere to be found. So Contact them and say, hey, listen, I know it shows that it's delivered. Give it a couple days. Give it a couple days, right? Be patient with them. Play that game. Now, if it still doesn't arrive, the next step is to let them know, hey, do you live in an apartment building? Do you live in a complex? Or maybe the receptionist or somebody else might have picked it up. Be careful. You know, just just let them know, hey, you should always be careful because you never know. And, and or if they have ring, check and see who picked it up, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you get to the final place. And tracking shows up and the person still claims it's not there, it's actually out of your hands, right? If it's been a few days, there's nothing more you can do. And I, I would say I wouldn't push it, especially on eBay. eBay is really good about backing sellers in that case. I've never had a scenario, and I say this anecdotally, on my case where eBay has not backed me as long as the tracking shows up. Now, on Amazon, you got to figure out if it's a cheap enough item. Now, I know I'm opening the door for a scammer, right? But if it's a cheap enough item and you want to deliver good customer service, it would just say, hey, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. You could send it again. That's an option. Or you could just let it be, but be aware that sometimes they can still file a claim against you. So did you want to add to any of that? Nope. That was my spiel, but it's not easy. Now, if the tracking shows, you're good. But if on USPS, the tracking doesn't show, you can file an insurance claim. You just got to wait a few days. I don't know if that was the best answer, but I'm telling you right now, I get the frustration. It's all across the board. FedEx, UPS, and USPS. And trust me, this I don't think this Q4 is going to make things any easier. Okay. Now, another episode which will help you also is episode 58. It's called Buyer Issues. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. And on that one, we talk about what to do with lost packages. I talk about it more extensively. I don't, I don't believe... Is that the episode where we called it that as like a euphemism, but it really should have been just called like crazy customers? Yeah, it was like buyer drama or whatever. And I just wanted to give it's it a different crazy title. customers. Something like that. So on that one, so episode 58, I'll give a more extensive, uh, you know, kind of detailed, like this is what you should do. And again, if any of you have better solutions than I offered, please put in the comments. because. I, it's it's a tough time with lost packages. It's a tough time. So, all right. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with what I said, but it is what it is. It, it's it's probably good. Okay. All right. All right. Question seven. <laughs> I think this is good. I'm talking a lot. The question was actually let's go to question eight and then we'll go to question seven. All right. Question eight: Is it better to invest in a shed or rent a storage room for extra space? You can talk on this. Yeah. It really depends on um your the space you have available. If you have land for a shed, um, I love the idea of having a shed or um, maybe a conics. Like if you have the space for like a big uh, 40 foot conics, I would, I'd, I'd recommend something like that. Every zoning area is different, but like where we're at uh, per acre of land, you're allowed to have one. Um, and if you have, so if you own two acres of land, you could have two. Uh, but one of those is, I mean, they're huge and you can pick them up for about like usually under $3,000, around 3000 bucks. And a shed, a good shed, if you're buying a wood one, you're probably spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars. If you're doing a metal one, you're doing it yourself, you could probably get it for less. You could probably for, you know, 600 bucks, like the shed that I have, I think I only paid like three or $400 for. 
Um, I would say, think about it. You got to look at total investment versus like a long-term investment. So if you're, if you're getting a storage unit and you're paying $200 a month, right? Over the course of the year, you're paying $2,400. Or $340. A month? Mm-hmm. Okay. So $340 San Diego, a month. San Diego prices. Right? So, but I'll just use 200 as an example. So you're paying $2,400 a month. So let's say you have the storage unit for two years. That's $5,000, right? So if you know that you are going to be at a place and you can have a shed, you might as well invest in a $5,000 shed and then pay yourself as if you're paying, you know, that storage each month. I'm going to pay $200 off of this, you know, debt or upfront it all at once. And then after that two-year period, you own it outright, right? And then for the rest of the next 10 years, you're using that shed but you've just got to kind of consider, is this something you're going to be long-term? Are you in a location? You're like, I don't probably going to move in the next year. Well, then maybe a shed's not the good idea. Maybe a storage unit. How much space do you need? Do you need a, a warehouse? Maybe you should rent. Do you have the land? Maybe build something, right? I think though, probably nine times out of 10, if you have the space for a shed, the same size as you could get a storage unit, might as well go to the shed because then it's there. It's on your property. You're not driving somewhere else. Um, and like I said, it might be a big upfront cost, right? You might be spending $2,000 to have a shed today, which that sucks. But if you're paying $340 a month, well, over the course of a year, you would have bought that shed a couple of times, right? So, um, I think you just got to look at the numbers. Shed is probably going to be the best or, or build a unit by your house, a, a secondary garage. Uh, but if you're like, Hey, I only, I don't have credit. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you go storage unit, but if you don't have the land, if you live in a condo, you know, do a storage unit. But I'd say if you have the ability to do a shed or storage on your property, you might as well do it because then it's a write-off for you. Um, it's real property that you own. You can sell it later. It's it's a win-win-win. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm a big fan of running lean as long as possible, right? And I have a storage unit. The reason I have a storage unit is I literally don't have enough room to put a shed and the space that I would put a shed in, I have HOA rules that don't allow me to do it. So I'm kind of stuck. But yeah, that $340 bill, I mean, we're talking about, you know, that's a lot of money over over a year, right? And this is my third year having the storage unit. And every year, it's gone up about $30. And I have no choice. I mean, they know, do I really want to move all my inventory to a cheaper place? Now, I'm willing to pay what I pay because it's only a mile away from where I'm at. It's super easy. But here's the other thing. There's a practical issue here is that it's also really convenient to have it on your own property. Because let's say you want to do all your shipping, you know, and packaging packaging the night before. Well, if I sell something, you know, around 1030, I'm out of luck. I can't go to my storage unit. I have to wait till the next morning. Right. And so if it's going to be a hectic morning, like I'm kind of stuck. Like I have no options. Right. And, you know, there are some days that I go to my storage unit like three or four times a day. I wish it was just right there on my property. Right. And whenever I want to do like, let's say inventory. Right. It, it's I don't have great Wi-Fi where I'm at. So I have to, you know, I have to tether my phone to my to my MacBook or I have to bring back totes into my living space and I have to, you know, store stuff in there and put everything away and then bring it back. It's just I find that having a shed is so much better. I mean, I'm looking into maybe moving into a property in a year. And one of the benefits of the property that I'm looking at or something similar is that there's already a huge storage unit on the property, which will be incredible. I mean, I, I think about the time. I mean, it's not a lot of time. It literally takes me three minutes to get to my storage unit and back. But that adds up over time. Three or four trips a day, that's a half hour. You you equal that, you know, you multiply that over the year. That's a lot of time. So yeah, I think we are a team on, on your property. So let's go to nine real quick. Uh top three things you look for at a yard sale. Um it's really only one thing. <laughs> what? Profitable items. I knew you were gonna say that. Whatever's profitable. Um, and honestly, there's some truth to that because I'm I with the kind of the garage sale store that I have, I don't really have like one specific niche. Like there's things that I'll buy where I've never sold anything like it before. I sold hair coloring just recently, right? I never thought I would sell any kind of like cosmetic type stuff, but hey, they had it at a garage sale and it was worth money. So um I would say anything that's profitable, but if I had to like pick like the three types of things I look for the most, I'll always look at shoes. I do pretty good on used shoes. Um, 
Anything new in box, I at least look at, right? Because if you find new in box stuff, if you're an Amazon seller, that might be an, an option for you. Or just knowing that you could usually get more on eBay if something's new than if it's used. Um, and then I like vintage, kind of like pop culture type stuff. So um, if I see things that are like older, now, of course, it's always hard. If you go to a garage sale and it's all like old vintage Coca-Cola stuff, usually those people want like an arm and a leg for their items. Uh, and it's really not worth what they think it's worth. But, you know, if you find like an old school, you know, like I have found like old Star Trek like figurines and it's like, man, this is really cool. And you could sell it and make like 40 bucks for it. But it's also kind of just neat because you have something cool to talk about and to look at when you buy it. And I always think like worst case scenario, if this doesn't sell, this is a cool thing to have. So those are the things I, I tend to look for. I used to look a lot at electronics. I still will look, but um, I just know myself I'm not going to spend the amount of time it takes to list and ship and all of that right away ends up in a death pile. Uh, so I like to look for things that are going to be easy to ship, that are profitable, uh, and that are in markets that you know. I'll start with what I don't look for. I don't look for the items that have the eBay printout over it. <laughs> right? Usually that I don't look at. But what do I look for? I like looking for shoes and clothing because I think a lot of people don't understand like the resale value. Right. I mean, I even my buddy right now, I was talking about Olokai shoes and he's like, oh, you got some Olokai shoes. I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you have this size? I'm like, yeah, I do. I have a few. And I'm like, but they're used. They're like, oh, you sell used shoes. Right. And he's like, he passed on it. And these are like hundred dollar shoes that look really good. But they're like, no, nope, they're used. So I think a lot of people overlook. Right. And so I'm always looking for shoes. I'm always looking for clothing, obviously for myself. I like buying stuff I know sells consistently for me, right? So for me, it's Harley. It's different styles of Hawaiian shirts. It's, it's it's items like that. I also like to buy things that I can buy a lot of at one time. So for example, today I went to a garage sale and they had a bunch of jerseys, right? They had a bunch of other stuff that was profitable, but I was looking at like, hey, I wonder if they would drop the price if I bought all 10 of these, right? So I look for things that I could minimize my price on each unit. And so I can bulk all of them together. And I, I do that a lot, especially at garage sales, because it's really easy to do. And the other thing is I do look, I do look for higher end electronics that are easy sellers, right? So I'll like Bose, sell, uh, Bose, you know, stereo systems, or, um, you know, I'll look at some poke audio, or I, I also like to look at the big items that no one else wants. Mm. So tower, like today, there were some tower speakers. I would have bought them, but they were like some private label brand. But I find that a lot of people at garage sales don't look at the really big items. Like, for example, uh, before I sold an air conditioner unit, right? Or I, I sold, uh, what was another huge item? I bought like a, a portable refrigerator. I mean, there's, there's these items that, you know, when people go to garage sales, usually they're not, well, I can't say for San Diego, but usually they're not resellers, mm. right? They're just looking for something that they think is really cool. Like here's a cool book or here's a video game, but they're not looking for something that they can maximize their profit. So they don't look at big items and go, Hey, if I pick this up for 10, I could probably sell it for a hundred. And usually most resellers, I would say pass on bigger items because they think of the shipping, right? They, they don't want to deal with having to ship out a huge item where I, on the other hand, I'm completely comfortable with it because I know that a buyer is going to want to pay up for the shipping. So that's kind of my top three as far as when I go to yard sales. I like it. So, all right, I'll take this one real quick. It's about Amazon. How do you start with Amazon? Oh, how did I start with Amazon? I started with books. I did books. Actually, when I was teaching, I used to go to these conferences. It was crazy. And they'd be like, hey, who wants these free textbooks? Do they still do that? Like when you go to conferences, give away textbooks. Oh, I don't know. I haven't been to a conference like that. Oh, that's right. It's been COVID. But, yeah. but like, for example, one year I went to an AP conference and I walked away with 30 AP world books, each worth a hundred dollars. Just giving away, giving away. That's crazy. I mean, pay my rent in the summer, right? Cause in the summer I didn't have, I, I was on a 10 month contract as a teacher and, and that took care of my rent. Right. Yeah. So Books. People always ask me where I start. I'm telling you books. Now I know people will say it's flooded and it's tough, but listen, it's, it's an ungated category. Probably about 90% of items are ungated and you got to sort through a lot of junk. But here's the thing. Starting with books teaches you the process, whether you're doing merchant fulfilled, but Hey, how do you ship? How do you get the print? You know, how do you get the label printed? 
Or how do you put together an FBA shipment? Because once you do a couple FBA shipments, it's going to be easy from that point forward. The only difficulties you'll run into is if you have larger items or you have items that you have to poly bag. Like, but still, you can jump through those hoops and figure that out. So that's how I started. And then I started with used electronics. Now, I've steered away from used electronics. I've talked about that on a podcast because it's, it's labor intensive for me. But there's a lot of good money, a lot of good money to be made on Amazon with used electronics. Second part of that question was, do you need a reseller's license? You do not. You know, I would say you should get one. I know in California, it works out to my advantage because there's a lot of stores that accept my reseller's license and they, they, they can sell me stuff. For example, I can go to a couple big box stores or certain warehouse stores and they don't charge me any sales tax. Mm. Right. So that helps you make more profit. Right. So you may ask like, where does the sales tax come in? Well, later on, right the platforms will pick up that sales tax. So you don't have to worry about it, right? Luckily, man, I remember the days where you had to track all that. Okay. The next part of that question was real quick. Do you prefer to have different addresses for you personal and business accounts? And I would say yes. Yes, because your personal account will always be with you, right? But let's say for whatever reason, like you mix them both. I'll give you an example. When I, when I taught, I used my school address for everything. And then when I left, Mm. I lost so much. And the worst is when they send you the, we want to confirm your account. We're sending it to this email and you're like, no, like, what do I do? So yeah, always keep it separate. Um, Give you a very practical reason. PayPal, right? It's nice. You can have multiple email addresses and sometimes people will buy stuff off of me on Instagram and I'll say, hey, just email this email here and people can just pay me up front and they don't have to know my personal email because I already have my business email set up. So I hope that helps. Good. You think that's a good place to wrap it up for tonight? I think we should do two more. We can wrap this up really quick. You got it in you? I don't know if I got it in me. Let's do one more. All right. We'll All right. One. one more. All right. Last question here. Because I want to, we're going to be at midway point with this next one. That's good. That's a good place to be. All right. <laughs> Mike's like, no. All right. All right. Uh, the question 10. In your resale business, what are you doing right now that most people get wrong? It's a good one to end on. It's a good one. Do you have answers? I'm going to have to think about that. Okay. I Well, I saw these before, Mike, because I put together the notes. So to be fair to Mike. So I thought about this and I go, this is a really good question, right? Because a lot of people fail at reselling. I have failed at reselling, right? And so what is it that I've done differently that's allowed me to continue? Like it's my third year being full-time, right? There's some people that after six months give up, after a year give up, sometimes after 10 years, right? So there's two things I thought about. One is I don't get into the comparison game with people all the time. I do sometimes. I'm not saying I don't. Like I watch people on Instagram. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I need to do what they do. And sometimes I have tried to run my business like other people and I have failed. And, And so there's a very fine line though, because there's been other times I've seen what they do and I'll apply it and it works out. Right. So you got to be very careful. But here's the thing. You have to find a model that works for you. Right. We say this over and we I think our episode like eighth episode was this. <laughs> I don't know how long ago it was, but here's the thing. Like, I know what I need to do to pay the bills. I know what I need to do to pay the bills and more. I know what it's going to take to scale, but I have to choose whether I want to go down that road. Right. And so. You may look at somebody and you're, they're killing it. They're showing their 90 day total. They're making a hundred grand. You're like, what is wrong with me? I've been stuck at 15 K. Why can't I even double that? Like what's going on? And here's the thing. You don't know. You don't know what their cost of goods are. You don't know how much their overhead is. You know, they may, it may look great. They have a warehouse. They have employees. You're like, man, they must be killing it. But what if they're only making 10%? Right. So don't play that comparison game. Find a system that works for you and then go with it. Go with it. Because if you get caught in this comparison game, I honestly believe you will lose. Again, fine line between comparing and learning. Right. It doesn't hurt at all to look at people that are doing really well and trying to adapt some of their systems. The second part is adapting. Right. I've had to adapt. Right. I just mentioned Harley shirts. That Harley shirt, that 3D emblem. A few years ago, worth close to a thousand bucks. Now, three to four hundred. Is this still a pickup? Sure, it is. 
Right. But there was a time with Harley Davidson shirts. I could pick up any Harley Davidson shirt and I could get 40 to $50 for it. And now it's about 20 to 30. So could I, every time I get an offer, it'd be like, you know what? No, I'm getting counter offer. I want this amount. I could, but the sales aren't going to come in. It's going to slow me down on algorithm. It's going to hurt my cash flow and I can't move forward. Right. Uh, another example, right? There's certain items like Tommy Bahama's a perfect one. This is, I'm giving really simple, simple ones, but Tommy Bahama shirts used to be money. You used to be able to sell Tommy Bahama shirts, even the most plain ones from 40 to $50, like three, four years ago. Wasn't tough. Now you can't even sell them. Like you can't even give them away. Right. So I've learned to adapt. There's things now that I source that I never sourced before. And there's things that I won't source that before I used to source like crazy. Right. And then you also got to learn when it's time to just, just sell things, just, just move with them. And so that, that was a really hard one. I wasn't very big on the fast nickel, but there are some items now that I'm fast nickel about. And, and it's because of this pandemic that I adapted and learned the power of the cash flow. So I think those are, those are my two things that I'm doing different uh, that not everyone does all the time and they get wrong. That's great. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of areas in my life where I would like give the harder answer, like the hardcore answer of, you know, I'm, what I do right that other people don't is I'm, I'm, I have unmitigated discipline in certain areas, right? Like I will go harder, I will work harder. And there's areas in my life where that's true. But I would say probably what's more realistic when it comes to reselling for me is I, I make my reselling business align with my goals and values. And I haven't changed my goals and values for my business. Oh, that's good. And I think that, you know, everybody is going to have different goals and different things that they're looking for. But I, I, I think that there are some people who get lost in the the means to get to where they want to go that they never end up getting there, right? Like they want more family time. They want financial freedom. They want these things. And in the process of doing that, they end up giving up everything. They give up family. They give up time. They give up their maybe financial wisdoms. They start making bad decisions because they just get hungry for money or whatever the situation is. Whereas I think for me, um, it's a family business. And for my family, that means it's a business we do together as a family. And so there are times where that's very beneficial and it causes us to have teamwork and we're more efficient than we would be individually. But then there's times too where because it's a family business, um, it's not as strict and rigorous as it would be if this was like, I'm treating this like business business, no family involved at all. And so it is a give and take there. But I find for me, I'm aligning what I'm making the business work for me. I'm not working for my business, right? My business gives me the life I want. I don't so give good. my life to my business. No, that's great. Okay, see, I'm glad we went one more question because yeah. that was some great advice. <laughs> Seriously, because you can let the business run your life. Mm -hmm. Just can't have it. Okay. Can't let it happen. So stay tuned to part two. Probably going to drop next Sunday. Yeah. So with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Peace. Peace.